to Tales from the Heart, a podcast from the Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy Association. I am your host, Lisa Salberg, and today um, we're going to do something a little bit different. As 2024 progresses, you are going to see some different content on Tales from the Heart. This is our fourth season, and we are going to bring in some other voices. And one of the voices that we're going to bring in today wears two hats at the moment. This is an individual who was diagnosed with HCM, found the HCMA, and then the story evolves. I'll just leave it as a cliffhanger there. So welcome Ross Hadley to Tales from the Heart. Well, thanks, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here and getting ready to share your HCM story in a little bit different way. Give me the two-minute version of when is the first time you heard the words hypertrophic cardiomyopathy? Oh, well, it was kind of a dramatic situation. I was literally being wheeled into surgery for my ablation for atrial fibrillation at a large hospital in the Midwest. And they commented that, Mr. Hadley, when we were reviewing your transesophageal echo, we also discovered that you have hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Would you like to continue with your surgery? And I said, yes. And they wheeled me in and knocked me out. Eight hours later, I woke up and I was like, what's hypertrophic cardiomyopathy? <laughs> and how did it go? And kind of went from there. You had already had a diagnosis of atrial fibrillation. You were already being seen by a cardiology team, but your HCM was a little difficult to find because it was an apical presentation. And the right. imaging that was done by the TEE was able to pull out that image to show the thick heart at the base. How did you feel about this new word? Atrial fibrillation is bad enough, but hypertrophic <laughs> cardiomyopathy and atrial fibrillation, what oh, were you yeah. feeling? What were you thinking? I did the absolute worst thing, but the thing that we all do, I went to Google doctor, even though I was literally in hospital, but I was operating in a bubble. So I started Google doctoring because I had yet to be referred to the HCM center of this hospital. I was in recovery. So I had a couple days free. So I started Google doctoring and reading about HCM. And of course, the first thing that you come across is all about sudden cardiac arrest. And then I started reading about some of the other things, the combined comorbidities and things like that. And then right after that, I found the HCMA. Kudos to you and your book. I joined <laughs> right away as a lifetime member because I thought, you know, well, I might as I'm going to have this for life. I might as well go in for the long haul, got the book, read the book, and then saw that there was going to be a conference in Boston and uh, signed up for that. So yeah, it was a pretty rapid, fast-tracking exposure to the world of HCM. That would have been 2016? Yep. So I'm at my meeting, I'm at the meeting, running the meeting with a pick line in my arm, getting ready for my heart <laughs> transplant. Not exactly my shining moment at a meeting, but uh, we still we still got it done. I, I do remember that meeting and I remember looking at the invite list and the registration list and seeing somebody from Iowa. I'm like, who's this guy? Oh, he's a lifetime member. Got to remember to say hi to him. So I remember that. We kind of got you onboarded. You got into a high volume HCM center. You began your HCM treatment and evaluating a family and started down that line. So yep. that was 2016-17. And then... Years go by, your HCM is chugging along. What else is going on in your life at this time? Like who, who was Ross Hadley before? Uh, before the HCMA, Ross Hadley 
owned a couple different businesses. I owned a men's clothing store. I owned a shoe store. I owned a co-working space and an Airbnb above in all within those buildings. So I was a busy guy and I was also on the city council. So <laughs> of our local community. So yeah, I had my or irons in a lot of fires, hands in a lot of pies, you know, physically just couldn't do it anymore. I had to step back. I uh, got to the point that going up and down the stairs X number of times a day, I would have to sleep like 12 hours the following day. And the real, the thing that really made me reevaluate my life was I was pinning a pair of suit pants and I was turning the cuff up and putting the pin in. And as I put the pin in, I had an, some dizziness and I hit my head on the mirror in front of the client and cracked the mirror and I injured myself, but I injured my pride and it was kind of bottom of the barrel. I'm like, I just physically can't do this anymore. And so I called in and uh, I had an, had an appointment with you and reevaluated my life and started divesting myself and changing my thinking about changing my career path. I did not recruit you away from that life. You decided <laughs> that you were going no. to evaluate new options. And then one day, oh my goodness, is this is like March of 21? Yeah. So a couple of years, right? yeah, a year or so later. Yeah. Yeah. I posted a job description for a project manager on the HCMA Facebook page. And there was within a few minutes, this application from a name that looked very familiar to me. I'm like, how do I know this name? And I check my database and I'm like, a lifetime member wants to be a staff member? Well, this is interesting. <laughs> and I always say that I like to hire from the community when at all possible. Not every member of our team has a direct connection to HCM, but many of them do. And I like that because I don't have to explain what it's like to live with HCM and why our projects are so important and why you've already got buy-in. I remember looking at the application. I'm like, okay, well, this is, this is not exactly what I imagined, but these are the skills that we need. This is the jobs that need to get done. Ross joined the HCMA in March of 21. So yeah, it was, uh, it was a fast and furious transition right into the, implementation oh. of the website in the CRM system. You don't always see the back end of a nonprofit organization chugging along and how we get to do the things that we do, but we needed a better constituent management system. We needed to organize our data better so that we could communicate more effectively and track more effectively and have good accounting processes and all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that we don't really talk about publicly, but they're the nuts and bolts of running a business. And in this case, our business is a nonprofit organization to serve this community. So we needed a new CRM and we'd been hunting for one and I found one. They were also going to build a new website for us. And that did not quite go as smoothly as we had hoped. And it was a bit of a, a big project that uh, that was your first major accomplishment was onboarding the CRM and getting the website rebuilt. That was 21. And then we yeah. did REDCap, the client database, medical HIPAA grade database in 22. And that has been game changing. It changed our intake process. It changed the navigation calls. It made the data much more organized. And in the next couple of weeks, we will be submitting an, a submission to an external internal review board or an IRB for approval to use some of this data as we're collecting it in a patient registry so we can start publishing off of it. So that's all cranking along and we couldn't 
get there without having the infrastructure of the database. And these things take time to build. So we have Redcap built now. And then we added in the Nest extension. Want to talk a little bit about Nest? You found them. We were at a uh, conference in Chicago and uh, you were like, hey, I think we need to meet these people. Nest Genomics is a front end that does patient education in conjunction with genetically targeted disease and whatnot. They are great people and have helped us develop educational tools that tie into REDCap so that we can provide better information to our clients about their hearts and about their path and their journey. It's been really gratifying to work with them. So, you know, kudos to you for finding them and kudos to them for developing something that can help us in the patient community, take it down a couple notches and be better consumers of our own healthcare. I think that's a great way of putting it. So one of the things that Nest enables us to do, and for those of you who have called the HCMA and we've had conversations in the past, sometimes people will ask me, well, can you write all that down for me and send it to me in a follow-up email? And I'm looking at the calendar and then other things that I have to do. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I, I can't do that. I don't have the bandwidth. That's a lot. So we've automated a lot of systems. So if we're talking on your navigation call about septal reduction options. So whether it's surgery, alcohol ablation, myosin inhibitor, some combination of all, dual chamber pacing even could pop up again um, or other things. We can then just drop you a link and say, here's some educational information so you can continue to process it. Where do I find centers of excellence? Well, here's a link you can go find them. How do I get aligned with a discussion group or support group so I can talk about my feelings? Here's a place for you to go. So it's us basically dealing a deck of cards and saying, these are specific items for you. You will be able to open up other options soon. And you'll also be able to share outside of Nest in the next six months. If you want to share the information with your family so that they can get family screening, there's going to be a mechanism attached so that you can push out to your family members and communicate with whom you choose to about what you choose to. So it's got a lot of options and some growth potential. Then we started to get back involved with scientific sessions and trade shows. We've developed new booth, a new booth a couple of different times and different banners to provide eye-catching displays to facilitate meeting new partners and new physicians and new clinicians and new centers. Because a lot of people walk up and the first thing they see when they come to a conference, a trade show, Lisa has William Roberts Heart Collection that she has worked with, Dr. Roberts, rest in peace over uh, many years to assemble. And it's a collection of plastinized hearts and it's really eye-catching. But after they see the hearts, they're kind of like, what are those and what do you guys do? And it's been a really effective tool to raise awareness of HCM. So there's never a dull moment at a, at a conference with the heart collection or our, uh, our backdrop showing all of our offerings. For those who've never done a scientific session, you've got to get rooms. You've got to get transportation. You've got to get the booth there. You've got to man the booth. You've got to set up all your meetings. You've got to go get new science. You've got to put all of this together and go back and make those relationships work. (laughs) So all of those things are projects. And Ross is kind of the nuts and bolts behind making sure that projects get from a beginning to a middle to an end, wrapped up, proceduralized, and set off to the next one. So it's nice getting back into a nice cadence of system with the the trade shows and the conferences and our annual meeting in person, bringing people in, the infrastructure required to build that out. Ross is not bored. 
but he's also not Ross doing not work good. that has him bending over and pinning pants and putting himself into positions that physically weren't good for him. So he pivoted his life and he followed his heart. Yeah. Uh, well, and you know, and I had other previous lives. I had been a sales manager for a software company and hold the, had the whole U.S. as a ter territory. So I had done user group meetings and I had also been the sales manager for a toy company. And I had done trade shows at like big halls like Javits in New York and things like that and Chicago and things. So, you know, it, it wasn't completely foreign, but the close to the heart thing is, is for sure true. And you know, the genetics work with Nest is also close to my heart because after six years of having a VUS, last year I was genetically identified with my pathogenic variant. My mother was identified with her pathogenic variant. And this year my son was identified. One of my sons was identified with the pathogenic variant. So, you know, we continue to learn together as a community through our work. And I think that's, it's a great sense of accomplishment that, we can help find people for diag earlier diagnosis. So one of the things that we've been working on here, and we're going to wrap in a few minutes, is number one, getting more organized, um, building up our resources, making sure that we are delivering a quality service to the community, whether it be an educational offering, a support offering, a new partner relationship. There's just a lot of moving parts to make all of this happen. And trial education, yeah. <laughs> trial education, clinical trial recruitment. We're doing a lot of different types of projects and we're going to continue to grow. We're, we've got a position for an administrative assistant here in the New Jersey office right now that we're looking to fill. Okay, it is January 2024. I don't know when you're going to listen to this. So maybe that's not going to be an issue when you listen to this podcast. But right now we're looking, we're really looking forward to adding a dynamic member to our team who's going to help us get that much more organized and provide that much more education and resources to our community. Other things we've worked on this past couple of years, creating and operationalizing the Lori Fund to provide travel stipends to those who have financial need. So we have to well, create infrastructure and we have to create a system to get your information in, to process it, and to, to get those grant monies out to the individuals who need them. It's been two years since we started it. I got to get the actual count of number of grants that we've sent out, but there've been many. To learn more about that, you can visit the website and just look up HCMA Lori Fund and uh, you can figure out who right qualifies and you might want to donate directly to the Lori Fund. The funds donated to the Lori Fund are used for these travel stipends, which are $600. Every time we process a travel stipend, HCMA takes 20%, puts it aside for operating costs, but that's how the, the fund is working and it stays funded. So let's keep it going. Please donate to the Lori Fund. Next year, we're going to be expanding the website to include more content focused on thick heart disease. So while we all talk a lot about hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, sometimes it looks like HCM, but it's not. So we want to develop more educational resources for people to understand when they have thick hearts related to amyloidosis, heart failure with preserved ejection fraction, sarcoidosis, Fabry's disease, rasopathies, rasopathies. Yeah. rasopathies, so that the syndrome kids. So we're going to have different, different information. We're not trying to be everybody's organization, but we want to make sure if you come through a thick heart and this is your diagnosis, that we then help identify the resources for you to, to dig deeper into that diagnosis. 
So we're going to be here to support the heart and point you in the right direction if it's not hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, if it's Dannon's disease, like they're part of our community, but they have other issues than just the heart. So we want to partner with our friends there. So we're going to work on that. We're going to get our, our IRB approval of our data set. And we have amazingly big projects coming up in the next 30 days, including a visit to Capitol Hill. And then each right after on the hot on the heels is Awareness Day. So we have no rest for the weekend. No rest. We will rest in like March for a minute <laughs> and then we'll just jump right back into ACC. For a heart month, every day of the month, we'll have a new social media story a patient, a family, a project, a factoid. We're hoping that everybody shares and shares and shares and shares and shares. There'll be different calls to action. You can get involved with legislative activities. You can get involved with the discussion group. You can donate. You can share your story. You can amplify the stories of others. Our ambassador program is doing really well. You're going to hear a lot from them through Heart Month, as well as from our partners. And all of that takes infrastructure, support, and systems. And Ross has been an integral part of helping us build that up. So if you've noticed a difference in the past couple of years, this is the man we have to thank for a lot of it to help us elevate to the next level. So what's it been like, Ross? It's It's been like uh, living on a roller coaster, Lisa. But uh, at least physically, I can handle it. And uh, mentally, you know, I, I, I feel like you're keeping me sharp. So, you know, my uh, my even in my brain fog, HCM moments, you know, the fog clears and we get a lot of stuff done. So I appreciate the... <laughs> The, the client hat days when I am able to put on my client hat and help me get my ICD or what, you know, being a supportive uh, employer, uh, managing HCM, but also, you know, the, the continued uh, relationship of, of helping people like me live better lives. Good stuff. So we have a code here in the office. Like if, if one of the staff members has an HCM specific issue, they actually put themselves on my calendar as a client. And like, I'm not the employer anymore. I'm in client mode. And I'm like, hi, Mr. Hadley, it's Lisa from the HCMA calling. And I just changed my persona and we have that conversation, but somehow it devolves into work at the end of it. Somehow, typically, it always does. Yeah. It always does. <laughs> but we try to keep it separate and we understand like we, we I know personally, we know organizationally yes. and we are trying to be the employer. We want everybody else to have who understands that some days it's just a bad HCM day. I will put out another tweak message. Hey, pharma bros. Hey, all those pharma companies that listen to this. I'm challenging you with something. We're going to be doing it here at the HCMA and look forward to a policy being presented soon. The HCMA is going to change its policy for its employees and ensure that they have the time and access available to participate in a clinical trial. So we are challenging companies to create policies that really look at clinical trial participation like volunteerism and not require your staff to take their vacation time or their sick time to participate in a clinical trial to give them a certain number of hours per week or per, per year that they can utilize to participate in a clinical trial. They need not tell you what the clinical trial is for, just validation that they are participating in an active clinical trial. We don't want disease-specific information in the hands of the employer. As a former HR manager, I completely understand that. But if somebody's participating in a clinical trial, we should as a community, and I would even say as a nation, support the concept 
of giving paid time off to participate in clinical trials. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, and I'm going to create the policy here at the HCMA, and I'm going to encourage all of you to go to your employers and say, hey, this would be a good thing to do for humanity. Don't you think we should mirror this? And that's what I think we should be doing. Little steps of thinking differently help us change the future. If you need a form, let me know. (laughs) Yeah, we will create a form internally. We'll create a policy and we'll make it work for us. And then you guys can all take it and make it work for your larger corporations. Or I really am hoping that pharma hears this and you lead by example and you offer this to your employees and you make it part of the culture. And then we work with the medical institutions. Then we work with other employer organizations. Let's bring clinical trial participation to a new level of understanding. Let's have it in our our handbooks for our companies. Let's talk about it more openly. That's how we're going to get innovation to the people faster. So Ross, it has been an absolute pleasure having you join me on Tales from the Heart. And it's been great having you as part of our HCMA team. Your, your coworkers really appreciate your contributions every day. They lean on you a lot. Thanks for not falling over. Keep standing and looking forward to great things ahead. Me too. It's good stuff. All right. Thanks for joining us on Tales from the Heart. This is a sneak peek behind the scenes at the HCMA with some of our own staff members who happen to have big hearts themselves. Take care and we'll see you next time. 